PTF here, and before I throw it to Nick and Andy, just wanted to let you know how happy we are to be partnering with Naira and Naira Bets again this season, kicking off our coverage with Gotham Day. There's a $300 Gotham Day contest you can sign up for. Some other cool promotions going on as well, like a $200 deposit match for new customers, and also a way to get some money back, a 20% exacta bonus on Fridays at Aqueduct. Now, you can opt in at NairaBets.com for the contest, for the promotions, for all this good stuff, and for lots of coverage of Naira. Check out InTheMoneyPodcast.com. We're going to be having Nick doing write-ups every day, some extra bonus coverage as well. Should be a lot of fun throughout 2023. And to keep track of all the television coverage from Fox's America's Day at the Races, you can go to InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash TV. Welcome to a special In The Money Players podcast for Saturday, March 4th, 2023. Nick Tamaro here hosting this episode, part of our new sponsorship arrangement with the New York Racing Association. Very delighted to have my friend and, of course, New York Racing Association track handicapper Andy Serling joining me. What's going on, my friend? I'm prouder to be your friend, I think. I'm trying to decide which is more important in my life. You my also under- I'll get back to you on it. You understand the risk associated with me publicly announcing that you're my friend. So I recognize, recognize it's it's a badge of honor. Let me tell you, that is exactly what it is. Well, Andy, you know, I always, you and I, you've obviously been around. Uh, I was going to, I was actually going to open and ask you what your favorite Gotham is. And more importantly, was going to ask you, I saw it's a two part question. First question is, were you at the Lord devil his due dead yeah. heat or were you were there one of my favorite gothams i wasn't there that was gone west but uh yeah i know i was there when lord and devils do dead heated for sure yeah i mean if i i was i was a wee lad i will admit i was not i was young i was never wee but um (laughs) but uh they they basically were together the whole way around the track right it was a pretty incredible race sounds right sounds like they were yeah each one on that that great one with uh cure the blues and proud appeal back in what was that like? Said eighty? I think it was eighty, right? Because Sounds about right. Yeah, lost the the wood as Debbie favored Pleasant Colony. So eighty one. It was eighty one. It is a race with an illustrious history, and it's great to have it back at the one turn mile. And I think this year's edition definitely benefited from the placement on the calendar and the distance and configuration. We're going to get to the Gotham in a bit, though. We're going to touch on the other stakes races on the card and the late pick five in particular. So let's dig right into the Busher, which goes as race number four. That has a 2.20 Eastern post time. And Andy, it looks in many ways like this is a matchup of the two Chad Brown runners, a little bit more so asset purchase than Sheeta Booty against Zayarati. Well, yeah, what about Capella? I mean, I'm not a Sheeta Booty fan. I, I don't quite get her. I, I think there, there's a reason that her figures were low. I think they were slow races. If you look at um, the horses in her second tour, La Vida Sofia, you can see that she's, you know, just sort of consistently slow. So unless she's going to really improve, which I suppose is always possible, I didn't really consider her. Um, I do think Acid Persis, who also has a tactical advantage over these horses, is going to be very tough. But I don't discount Ziarati. Um, I know that Time from U.S. has asset purchases quite a bit better than Ziarati's race, whereas Bayer has Ziarati a little bit better. And Ziarati was certainly flattered by the second place finisher coming back and running as well as she did. I think she improved six points, though the third finisher went backwards three points. 
Um, but I also think Capella's okay. I mean, what she's got a big dirt pedigree. Um, Bonnie South and a couple other good dirt horses. So I, I, I don't discount Capella. I'm not going to be shocked if any of these three horses win. I didn't get Sheeta Booty. Am I missing something with her? No, you know, I, I think honestly, looking at the looking at the speed figures objectively, the only players that are going to be on Sheeta Booty are the thoroughbred players because she got the same thoroughbred figure as Asset Purchase did really? last time. Yeah, and I well, it had to do with the with the wide trip, but you know, you and I both know that in many cases it's actually advantageous uh, in, during the winter. And, and I mean, I can't say enough to anybody that is uh, that's playing New York racing to take a look at the track trends at naira.com where you're going to get info on the way the the track is playing on a daily basis but um she was can i tell a quick aside on that yes we're 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 fooling around with trying to come up with um bias numbers numbers related to bias things and we've been uh there was that big project the big data thing big data derby yes involved involved, a guy who finished second in it um in a zoom with him and he was going over some days at saratoga that he found extreme biases going back, I think two or three years. And I was really happy when I went back and there were days that I had extreme biases as well. So I felt like, you know, because listen, it's, it is subjective. And I, I understand, listen, as you know, there's, there's disagreement among people that we respect um, and people see tracks differently. And it's not to say that, you know, it's, it's hard to know for sure. I try to lean on being you know cautious more than anything else. But uh, sometimes these biases are extreme. But anyway, sorry. I mean, I think it would suffice to say that you're looking for every reason for the track to be fair, yeah. um, because it usually is the majority of the time, and you're you're going to only really mark it as something that is biased in an extreme circumstance. So, I mean, I think I think that's the learned way to do it. Did the you know the old joke about the first race winner going wire to wire and everybody claiming it's a gold rail is you know that's exactly what we're trying not to do but no i agree with you in principle i think that uh, i think asset purchase is going to be very tough i know chad brown has an excellent record in in stakes races on the dirt specifically in new york off of maiden wins it's not much of an roi but he's 7 for 17 so i mean these are horses that that just routinely run very well and uh, she looked very very good in that debut win coming back on january 29th we'll see how she stretches out to the mile i'm not really envisioning that being any problem whatsoever that is a look at the busher which is the first of the stakes races on the card let's take a look at this late pick five which begins in race six at 325 eastern time with a new york red maiden special weight race at six furlongs and i know all eyes in a way are going to be on the outside to the first time starter signal core for uh vinnie viola saint elias stable and todd pletcher who's coming up from florida but did recently post a workout at belmont yeah, I mean, they, they gravitate to these Pletcher horse a lot, and for good reason. He wins a lot. But I think, fortunately, this is the first leg of the pick five, and, and the board is going to be pretty telling because if this horse is sort of a lukewarm three-to-one or five-to-two, not that um, not that he can't win the race, but I don't think that that's a ringing endorsement of him, right? So if he ends up being a bigger price, um, I wouldn't lean on that much. And he's, he's a half-to-one horse that ran that was a terrible horse. That horse's sire was micromanaged. Army Mule has started out pretty well. But keep in mind, Vinny Viola, who owns St. Elias, is going to be more inclined to buy the, the Army Mules, being that he raced him. So he, I'm sure he was supportive of his horses. And he, but that is, listen, he's turned out to be okay. So that was probably not a bad idea. I always lean towards horses that have run. I thought Pop Coyer ran well last time. And, I mean, Radio Red's no killer, but he is entering the Gotham. He's an AE. He may get in if somebody, he'll get in if somebody scratches. And I thought the rail was was pretty big advantage that day. And he was the one of the three first three finishers that was outside. So I thought he was fine. I also thought Rusi would run well, or Rusi, the three. 
Uh, he chased, you know, that mod horse who ran off. I know he didn't come back and run well, but he ran well that day. And another day where I thought it was advantageous to be inside. So I, I thought they were dangerous. And also um, the Mitch Friedman horse on the outside is working well. So I don't want to completely dismiss that horse. And and I told you earlier, read the research was originally a Clarvich horse. Actually, it was worse to start with Bill Mott and then went to Terry Pompey. I wondered. It seemed, you know, those those names are usually giveaways, and, and this one certainly looked to fit a, a son of weekend hideaway that you're mentioning, Woodside Warrior, looks to be training very well. I guess the good thing about this being in the pick five is that it's the first leg, so we'll get a little, maybe a little insight off the board. Um, I, I'm I'm consider myself president of the Dave Duggan fan club, so I have no uh, no issue whatsoever with Pop Coyer, who I thought ran well, and, and we've seen uh, we've seen Duggan do well with some of the horses he got off of Rick Shawsberg. He's done well with. Conhurry Love, obviously, who ran extremely well last weekend. And uh, and I imagine this horse is going to run even better with the blinkers going on, maybe a little sharper early, hopefully aggressively ridden. You mentioned on Signal Corps that, that Vinny Viola does, of course, want to have interest in uh, in Army Mule Progeny running a little bit better. The dam was good, but, you know, there was she was also a horse that ran a number of times. So there's not, you know, not right. a whole lot. She, right. She had some decent races, but she ran many times. I mean, it's one of those weird sort of things. But she has, you know, this is only the second fall. Well, he was a Jersey bred that ran, uh, that won a Jersey bred stakes race, also won an open company stakes race at Charlestown. But yeah, 47 career, I'm sorry, 53 career starts, 448,000 in earnings. We'll see if we get any indication from the board in that race. On to race seven, the second leg of this pick five, which is a big wide open field. And I think a pretty fun race all in all that at the very least should have a hot early pace. I would think with Ikigai having the inside post and kind of only having one way to go. And also the tremendously fleet-footed Rotney who comes back as a four-year-old now, son of Run Happy, getting Lasix for the first time, who ended his 2022 with consecutive wins for Mike Maker. Yeah, I'm not sure anyone can keep up with him if he's still got his speed. He's, he's, he's a super very fast, fast horse. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, listen, I'm not going to let Rotney beat me. I, I, I don't bet horses like this. I look to try to beat them, but not in pick fives. And I would certainly use him. I wish that Handsome Cat wasn't entered in an entry with all about the money. because I think he's a little sneaky at a price. But I'm going to focus on two horses in here, Rotney and Life Changer. Life Changer ran a race two back that's good enough to win this race, unless Rotney runs his good races, you know. And last time out, he got caught chasing wide on a what I thought was a big gold rail on January 27th. It was one of a number of days that right after we had a ton of rain, the next day the rail got really strong. And... He just got caught chasing outside and had no chance to horse was a runoff on the bias. So I think he's much better than that. And I'm going to take him, take him about the back. Yeah, I think Ryder's regret is already a comeback winner off of a wide trip on that, that January 27th card. So I, I think you're you're 100% right about that being a day where it was advantageous to save. Now, it wasn't Ryder's regret. It was somebody else. But um, it was a good day, obviously, to, to be inside, and he was not. I, I'm in complete agreement. And, yeah, I think it's a it's one of those tricky situations. Dare we go down the road of how you use the favorite in a situation like this in a multi-race bet? But it just would seem to me like you're, you're really uh, – you're throwing good money after bad if you're structuring a play that completely excludes Rodney, given what we saw from him. Yeah. Uh, in his three-year-old season. Right. I don't I don't see some reason to be bad against him. I, I understand why to be against Ikigai because he's not good enough. Sure. I understand to be against Jake Rocks because he's been incredibly opportunistic and he's dressed up on paper. I think All About the Money got a great trip against a very weak field last time. So I think there's reasons to be against some horses that are going to take money in this race. I don't think Rotney's one of them. I'm not going to take a big stand against a horse like that. I think taking big stands against horses like that is a great way to lose money. 
but so if you were to if, if Jacobson were to split up the entry and handsome cat was on his own I think you'd definitely be on yeah because he yeah. was he, he actually ran okay last time and I think the rail got pretty good late in the day I don't you know I think he's a I think he's more of an underneath type horse and he's a distant C just like Royal Twist is a bit of a distant C you know he finally may get a little more pace in this race um, the others, they're going to beat me. I, I'm okay with six and seven as my main two. You know, if I was putting a ton of money into it, I guess I'd have the two, the and one, the one entry. You don't care because the one itself would be 100 to one in this race. But unfortunately, with the two B, you're taking all the worst of it because he's a quarter of the price of the other half of the entry. One thing you know about that race, Handsome Cat exits, is that if today's flavor is running, the rail is good. But yeah, uh, it's amazing, right? <laughs> it is unbelievable how fortunate he's been in that yeah. respect. Let's nice horse, but he's been very lucky. Yeah, right. And, and he'll get tested eventually, and you know we'll see what happens. But uh, I think we have a general idea the direction that's going to go. The Tom Fool is race eight, a really good version of that at six furlongs on the main track. And you and I talked a little bit before we taped this about the potential pace scenario that we're going to be dealing with here. And the very fleet-footed pirate Rick is perhaps going to end up battling with Chateau early. And that you know could set the table certainly from one off the pace. But I do think there's some uh, some thought being given to Pirate Rick being a little bit faster. Yeah, and we'll see. You know, Chateau's extremely fast, but Pirate Rick has been able to outrun it before. And Jose was kind of maybe not going to be quite as aggressive as we've seen Kendrick be. We'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. I think Pirate Rick is dangerous for that reason. But listen, I, I'm, I'm not going to be – I mean, Eastern Bay's in good form. I don't really – I'd rather bet a horse like Pirate Rick for this trainer off a bad race because Lynn Cash's horse seemed to run better coming off bad races. I have no problem with running Son of a Gun. He's the 5-2 morning line favorite. I don't want to pick him as the favorite, but I, I, I think he's an absolute A in any pick five. Um, I'm not in love with, uh, with Nakatomi, but – you know, and I wouldn't bet him. He's the three to one second choice. I respect David so much. I thought he's a sneaky horse at six to eight to one. If he over gets over bet because he's Wesley Ward, and I didn't think he did any running in the Malibu, to be honest with you, um, I would be inclined to sort of lower him in expectations. Little Vic's not impossible. Draft is not impossible. But I probably at this point, I mean, I haven't made definitive picks here. I'm leaning on three and five as my top two, but the one, four, and six are all horses I could use. And I think this is, listen, you're going to have to have some protection to Gotham. So I'm trying to be a little thinner early so that I can play more in here. And I'm I'm okay being relatively thin in the last race. But I'm open to any ideas in this race. But the three and five at this point are probably my main two. But I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this race. You have to appreciate running Son of a Gun's back half of 2022. I mean, he Mark. fired every single time and, yep. and the, you know the rail trip and the jerkins followed up by the trouble in the gallant bob and i thought he ran extremely well in the bold ruler asked to move aggressively into a really hot pace i thought his fall highway was very good no shame in losing to a, a hardened veteran like really and ben and now he's been given a little bit of time off I, I agree with the sentiment that taking him as the favorite is not really the most uh the greatest idea, but he is definitely the horse to beat, in my opinion. Yep. I, I, I know I have some affinity for Drafted, who I've been successful with in the past, but he's going to have to run better, pretty significantly better, if the if the real running son of a gun shows up. I, I agree with you. I mean, I guess the horse that I, that's going to get some money that I might have the strongest negative opinion on, like you, is Nakatomi, because I didn't think he did any running either in the Malibu. But I think that, that Keeneland effort, two back, is a little dressed up. I think that race was more about us finding out that Messier couldn't run anymore. And, Except and endorsed, he's a heavy favorite. Endorsed, endorsed some good races and won the Hooper. So, you know, he did. I yeah. 
And Dorse might be a little bit better in Florida at this stage of his career, too, I wonder. I don't know. It could be. But Dorse is a horse who also seems like he he's denied father time at pretty much every turn. He's just getting better as time goes by. But, uh, yeah, very, very interesting race. I mean, you touched on a few horses that are going to be not dismissed at the windows, but, I mean, they're going to be solid prices that absolutely have the game to step up, including Little Vic. And and I think you could put Drafted and Nakatomi in that that category as well. But it does look like when push comes to shove, to me, running son of a gun, very, very much the horse to beat. What did you, I mean, I know you said you would use Eastern Bay as a backup. Uh, he ran very well too, back to running son of a gun. And I guess we're supposed to believe that the General George was just a good starting point for what could be a successful 2023. You know, I, I, his dope is good. This is yeah. not a trainer who seems reliable. Feels like the yes. horses one wins have been a bit random. And I'm not sure I want to endorse good PPs. I'd rather endorse a horse like Byron Rick at a much bigger price who's coming off two lousy performances, but they were both the seven furlongs. Right. And I thought his efforts in New York were pretty good. So I don't know. I'm 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 a little bit confused in here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pirate Rick over Eastern Bay, but I'm not gonna be surprised if Eastern Bay wins this race. I think my only Pirate Rick concern is that he might not quite have the ability to, to hold up uh, speed-wise, pace-wise, without Lasix. That's my wow. that, that's my that's one of my concerns. But I but I mean, look, if he his time form U.S. running lines look great, including the December thirtieth race. If he runs that race, he's going to be very very hard to beat. And those were good horses in there, and it included Chateau, who was very much you know involved in the pace as well. Yep. That's a look at the Tom Fool. Let's go to the featured event on the 10 race card. Race number nine, the Gotham. It'll be run at about 4.56 Eastern time at a mile. And I'll tell you what, Andy, this field came up uh, very evenly matched, very fun. There is no standout. The gate is going to be packed. And this looks like just a tremendously interesting addition. Uh, I I agree with you. And uh, I think that it's absolutely wide open. Um, One opinion I think we may end up sharing is I know David – Aragona made Ian Clover the favorite in here. He's probably going to be right. He usually is. I know she. he won impressively last time, and maybe it doesn't matter, but he beat a field of goats. Um, and I'm a little bit skeptical of this horse, especially at a short price in this field. So I'm inclined to let this horse beat me. Um, after that, it's just so wide open. I'm probably, I'm toying with the idea of picking Ray's Kane, who David has 30 to 1 in the morning line. And I have a real interest in this horse getting off synthetic and Jace's road looked terrific in that gun runner. I thought his number, you know, was very fair. That race at Keeneland, the Bowman mill really interested me because, you know, this is a horse who's run some good figures and that race, that's a good field. You look at some of the races that horses have run out of that race. There's been a lot of horses that have improved out of that race. And I don't think that Ray's Kane is a six furlong horse. I think he wants more distance. And he was really running, rerunning kind of at the end. And he looks like a horse that distance will be more of his friend. I'm not sure he's a lot worse than these horses on his dope, and he could be a little bit better than he looks on his dope. You know what I mean? And he's a huge price. You're getting Jose Lascano, who's about as good a rider as you find in this race. I mean, the riding colony is pretty stretched in the year, right? So I think he's an interesting horse at a price. Uh, but I, I listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to knock a lot of horses in here. Yeah, and I agree with you completely. I, I think, you know, my my tendency in these kind of races where you bring together some horses that have recently gone the mile, but you have some that have gone farther, some that have gone shorter in a race like this that looks like it's going to be a pretty pressured pace. 
I mean, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be fast. I do think this has about as good a likelihood of being a fast pace as any race we'll see in New York, period. As many horses but it has to with be. The, it kind of has to be right. And I would just, I would lean towards horses that might be a little bit more distance oriented. And I think race cane feels like the one that really fits into that category. But um, I do think you have a couple of others that that might find the mile to their liking. The horse that I think is going to end up going off favorite in here, and I, and I know that I, I think I don't really have a great deal of certainty. It seems like there's a lot of chatter about the recent morning activity of Carmel Road. And and I know the public has been a little wishy-washy on some of these new Tim Yachtin horses that he's taking over from Bob Baffert. But there was a lot of, of support for this horse in the Los Alfuturity last time out. What do you make of him coming back now in a new barn off a layoff, shortening up a distance? Well, I think you have to like the fact that we know the distance won't be a problem. He's a bit of a forward horse. He's got a backward rider. So how forward he's going to be, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm struggling with him. He's definitely a horse I have open. I mean, right now I have uncorrelated open. I have Carmel Road open. I have Lugan Knight open, Slip Mahoney open, Ray's Kane and Recruiter is the ones I want to pick them up. I won't, you know, I, I didn't really want the, the horse from Turfway. I didn't really want Fort Warren, who I can't really trust. And I have Carmel Road as one of them. I don't know. You know, I'm, 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 price is, price, the thing I like about the 12 is I know he's going to be a big price. Whether he's 30 to one, he's not going to be six, 12 to one. You know what I mean? And I don't know where Carmel Road's going to be. And do I want to pick a six to one shot in a race where I feel like a zillion of them can win? I don't, yeah, I think that's, I, I would use them. Right. I, I think that's the right approach. And I think you, you know, you have to treat this as a big wide open field in, in that you're going to have to demand a certain price. Um, you mentioned Slip Mahoney. This is a horse that I've I've liked uh, kind of from early on in his career after he rallied for fourth behind Litigate in his debut. I liked his runner up finish at second asking. He did take advantage of a good inside last time out when he finally broke his maiden could this be the horse that's maybe just been waiting on more ground? It isn't the most exciting thing to see his previous rider opt for Lugan Knight, who's a horse who's probably not on the Kentucky Derby Trail anyway. I, I think he's making a mistake going for Lugan Knight. I don't like so Lugan that yeah. much in here. Um, I'm not going to be shocked if he wins. Like I said, I had him open, but he was very opportunistic. Now, he beat a good horse in Arctic Arrogance. I'm not going to deny that. Having said that, that was a track that was very favorable to his running style. And that race was run in a manner that was very favorable to his running style. And I don't like shorter priced horses coming off of those situations. As far as Slip Money, I wish he wasn't on the rail last time. I wish I thought it was a fair track. I thought he took advantage of it. You think about Krupe, he came up the rail and angled out in the stretch. Krupe did not run. He ran 12 points worse than the Risen Star. And don't forget the Risen Star, outside post or not, was running a very favorable way for him, right? So I'm, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a little dubious of that. Having said that, I don't think Tappet Trice is the Derby winner yet based on everybody else thinking he is. But having said that, he did run very well against Tappet Trice that day. My worry is he's not fast enough to be forward in here, but he's been a horse that's been forward in all his races. He's going to be comfortable if he's coming from, you know, sixth or seventh in the year. 
yeah, that's the worry, right? Is that you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with rapid changes to running style, and um, and I think that you know in these kind of races along the Derby Trail, you often have that happen, and it's who can adapt to it. And last week we saw that happen in the Rebel with Confidence Game, who had previously been victorious wire to wire in both of his prior victories, and he had to come from off the pace. Somebody's probably gonna have to do that. Um, you mentioned Uncorrelated, who's a second time starter. This is a horse who I think is gonna get a decent amount of support as well, if for no other reason than very popular connections. He is also so a winner over a wet track, and there is a chance that we could see a little moisture in the surface on Saturday. He's going to have to run better buyer speed figure-wise, but it does look like this is a horse with plenty of upside. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit on the bias side with him, but I also, I think there's a reason. Look at Register, who he buried in there. Now, that was Register's debut, to be fair, but Register came back and ran better against Mr. Swagger. Then he came back and ran a 93 buyer speed figure, albeit on a gold rail. Has he improved? Yes. But Uncorrelated has a right to improve. Uncorrelated also spent a reasonable portion of the race in the rail, which was very much not the place to be that day. He managed to make that burst, and then Manny got him out in the middle of the racetrack. But he did spend a lot of time inside, and the rail wasn't the place to be. So I think, you know, he broke from the rail. He had a rush for position. He's probably not that kind of horse. So I think there are reasons to believe this first race is a lot better, but it's going to have to be a lot better. So if he's going to be... 13 to one, I can use him. But if he gets over bet because he's Chad and he's seven to one, then he's not really much interest to me. You know what I'm saying? But I think he is a horse that's better than he looks, but he better be better than he looks because he's not competitive based on his number. Any number. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. Mr. Swagger is uh, is a second time starter as well, who scored on debut. He's going to get blinkers on now in his uh, second start. This just looks to me like a little too much too soon. He's also a trainer with terrible numbers off maiden wins. He's four for 42 off maiden wins in the dirt. He's 0 for 8 in their second starts. Um, stretching out, he's 0 for 3. He's 0 for 7 overall. I, I, I This is a guy who gets him ready first time out. They don't seem to run back to him. Feels like that very much so. Um, I'll tell you a horse that I could see myself fooling around in the bottom end of the exotics with. I think the the hard-trying New York Red General Banker can get a piece of this race. I don't think he can win. I don't think he's good enough, but he's run well on wet tracks. He's also a horse that's gone distances in his last two. I could see things getting hot in here, and maybe maybe he could snag third or fourth for the uh, for the exotics. I think the win end is a, a little bit too much of a reach. But... I, yeah, I just had the same conversation with Dave Grenick right before I talked to you. Well, I said to him, you know, General Baker's not good enough to win this race, but he's definitely can be third or fourth. Yeah, and you know, I, I think I think that likely is his ceiling. But you know, we're talking about it being a fast-paced race potentially, yep. and he's a horse that's going to actually Cancel would have been a great fit for him again, but. Um, Cancel's on a horse, as you said, that has the complete opposite style of what he's comfortable with. Uh, we talked a little bit about Lugan Knight. I, I think we're in the same boat that it was admirable that he uh, he held on gamely like he did last time out. I just don't. It was almost too. I, I thought it was a little interesting. I don't buy much as far as what trainers say after races, but it was almost as if Michael McCarthy, who I think is is a pragmatist, was telling everybody like, "Hey, stop labeling this horse a Derby horse. He's a horse that we're going to keep at a mile for now, and we'll see what happens." I think why he's a super smart guy and a very good trainer, and I respect this horse more because he trains it than based on his PPs. But I think he understands that my goal with this horse, you know, obviously everybody wants to win the derby with every horse they have, but they have to be realistic. And I think that the Woody Stevens and the Alan Jerkins in a perfect world are the kind of races he probably feels he's more likely to be suited for. 
yeah, I could see him in a you know, Pat Day mile type horse potentially in the interim. But yeah, I think one one turn and shorter is ultimately going to be Lugan Knight's friend. Well, that's an extended look at the Gotham, a really fun edition of that that goes as race number nine. We close out the pick five sequence with the 10th at 525 Eastern time. And this uh, really doesn't get much easier as far as the uh, the sequence closing it out. Another deep and competitive field here. No, and I don't I'm not going to say they have to win, but. If I got to this race alive to Callaloo, Bourbon Ready, and Victorious Wave, I could probably live with myself. Um, it's not going to be easy to do. I don't trust Bourbon Ready, but I won't be shocked if he wins. I'm not sure he's that good. That one big fig has a kind of an ugly look to it, but he also ran against horses much better than these last time. Callaloo was outside last time. The rail was placed to be the winner camp the inside, um, and I think he's, he's fine. And, but I think Victoria's Wave is the interesting horse. He was privately purchased by these people after one race in the dirt last time and switched to Rob Atras. I thought he ran very well. You look at that field, that was a better field than you would think it was down at Tampa. Um, take a look at the PPs of some of the horses in that race. I thought he ran competitively on the pace, and I think he's a very interesting new player in here. Yeah, these are connections that have always been very sharp as well, both ownership and, and trainer. Um, new arrivals have never been an issue. And this is a horse that he's had now for quite some time. It looks like he's been training in New York for about a month. So, yeah, very, very interesting runner there. <clears throat> First time for Rob Atras. Callaloo cutting back to me did look very interesting. This is a horse that that many of us were excited about earlier in his career. And once he finally put it together two starts ago on a sloppy track, he did come back with that good effort against Open Company. And Dave Donk is keeping him in the starter allowance race rather than looking for a New York Red one other than, which I'm sure... He'll get at some point if he doesn't uh, doesn't end up doing it here. Bourbon ready up from Florida after breaking his maiden off the layoff in January. It came back with a relatively dull effort. But again, I mean, those are horses that I think stack up favorably with what he's going to meet here. I could see that uh, that com- combination of those three certainly in all likelihood offering up a potential winner. Well, that's a look at the pick five sequence. Anything else you wanted to uh, to mention about Saturday's card? No, I'm looking forward to it. And, I, you know, it's, it's sort of Gotham always feels like a real harbinger of spring for us. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited the Gotham camp, a good race, the Tom Pool as well. So, I, you know, I hope people are, are excited as we are about it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I enjoy talking about it with you. I always enjoy talking about racing with you, man. Very much so. And likewise, I, I certainly agree. And I appreciate you joining me. We appreciate our friends at the New York Racing Association for their sponsorship. We're going to have a lot of Naira coverage throughout the year, beginning with this upcoming weekend. You can also get my selections and analysis, which will be linked off the New York Racing Association website, naira.com. Again, uh, thanks to all of you. Rate, like, subscribe, all of those things that you do with podcasts. I really don't know how to do all of that, but I'm just basing that on memory of hearing people say that. So hopefully things that all of you are able to do. Andy, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Good luck with this card. All right, Nick, you too. And good luck to everybody else. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. This has been an In the Money Players podcast edition. And until next time, best of luck.